What's going on, everybody? Welcome to On Screen Live. My name is Andrew Jupin, and well, this is the show for Wednesday, if you can even believe it, October 11th, the year of our Lord 2023. Happy Wednesday, of course. Happy Hump Day. Some of you people like to say, some of you freaks out there using Hump Day still. This is indeed a middle-of-the-week broadcast. Very rare appearance here. Uh, I got some birthdays to get to, of course. Uh, first up, a big happy 70th birthday to character actor David Morse. Uh, you know him from a ton of stuff. Uh, I know him, of course, from The Langoliers, a shitty movie near and dear to my heart. Uh, someone who's no stranger to shitty movies, Joan Cusack. The legend herself turned 61 today. The second best MST3K host of all time, Michael J. Nelson, turns 59. Happy birthday to Mike Nelson. Once a boondock saint, always a boondock saint. Sean Patrick Flannery. I gotta say, pretty remarkable picture there for Sean Patrick Flannery. Um, let's see, Harriet the Spy herself and Buffy's fake sister, Michelle Trachtenberg. She turns 38. And uh, hip-hop sensation Cardi B celebrates the big 3-0. So happy birthday to all those folks. Um, well, let's get down to it, folks. We've got a lot of stuff to get through today. Uh, I'm going to bring in two of my best buds to talk about a bunch of movies we've been seeing over the past few days. First up, I'm loving this. I'm going to have to ask him if it's a shacket or if it's just a shirt. Or maybe a jacket. I'm guessing shacket, though. Eric Siska. <laughs> it's actually just a flannel shirt. Wow, it's looking yeah. good, though, dude. I well, like that pattern. I think you can fun you could function as a shacket, right? Yeah, is it, is it? It's like a thicker flannel. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd be good. You could you could tell someone that it was a shacket, and it would be totally fine. It's a thick boy shirt and all. <laughs> the the shirt's thick. Boy wearing the shirt's thick. Oh yes, dense <laughs> as well. Speaking of thick, he's about as thick as they come. Chris Cabin. Then you fold the kale into the tomato sauce with the crushed pepper. <laughs> it finally happened. You ran out of film eggs. books. You ran out of fucking film books. What, what, what did I do? <laughs> Trying to make dinner here, guys. It's late. Oh, it is late. I Look, see. And I'm doing, uh, like all politicians, or I guess politicians like five years ago, I'm doing uh -huh. all my streams from my kitchen. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Just like AOC what? and Elizabeth Warren, I am I'm doing it straight from the kitchen. Because nice. you're you're a person of the people, dude, and everybody's got a kitchen. I suppose that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get into. It. We got a lot to cover today. The box office. Well, there's one big goose egg in there. We'll talk about in just a few short minutes. But let's do the numbers. This is highest gross. <laughs> Now, I'm happy to say, finally, I guess, a vaccine went around because oh. none fever is out of the top five. We are oh, no. we're stamping down the, the infection rate of none so, fever. So none, yeah. the none too has died suddenly or so. Well, yeah, a new, a new none came in and Dowd none came in. Oh, uh, yeah. And Dowd fake nurse. none. I guess yeah, she's nurse more. But stolen yeah. valor, dude. She's a stolen <laughs> valor none. We will get to that pile of donkey shit movie yeah, uh, in a little good. bit but first up I, you know boy was my face red because I deleted this graphic I deleted the lower third about it and look back at number five the blind oh, boy. you can't keep these mother duckers down dude no no not at all <laughs> not, not even not even Cameron Ripley wants to see this 
He oh. has denied all of my attempts to get him to go see this movie. <laughs> I've tried. I've emailed him. I've texted him. Not even Nothing him. Doing, not, huh? not his brother, David Ripley, nor his <laughs> friend, Blurry Ripley. Uh, I, I just can't believe. Nobody. I can't believe they made a movie about that guy. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, they'll, they'll do it yeah. for anything this point like any kind of christian figure ish they'll do right. it so you that reminds go from sound of thunder right was it sound yeah. of thunder and sound then you of go freedom. right to sound of sound of thunder yes. is a time travel movie yeah right. whatever that, that's fuck. where my mind is right now i spent the day yeah. moving so sound of freedom and then yes. you go to sound of ducks well is sound it of, yeah yeah, 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 but isn't Sound quack, quack. of Freedom Mormon more based? Isn't it more in the Mormon? Yeah, tradition? that dude. That dude was like kicked out of the Mormon church, or maybe the, still the, in it. Like, and the Duck Dynasty guys want him anymore. The Jesus. Duck Dynasty guys are like Baptists or something, so they're getting that bitten by right. snakes. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're snake handling. I don't know if we're evangelical. We're what duck the deal is. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're duck handlers, dude. They're just a little, a little ducks like gumming on their wrist or something. <laughs> Praise nice. Jesus! Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, gum it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. gum it, duck. If it was more like a Rob Schneider comedy from the early aughts, I'd Ooh, be Rob Schneider after. stars in the duck, dude. The, yes, the, <laughs> and do it about rather than the blind. Make it that get Rob Schneider some work. Make uh-huh. him do one of the beards. Get him in one of those big but, fucking wait, beards. Wait, wait. Yes. Did he already he already played a chicken, right? The hot chick. Right. The hot ch- yes, he did the hot oh, chicks. He was, he was a lady, though. That wasn't a was sexy a bird. He turned into a chicken. There was no feather. I wish that's what that movie was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so The Blind, week two, $3.1 million. Congratulations to Phil Robertson and his huge family of weirdos. Uh, <laughs> what do you got here? Coming in at number four. Still having, still happy, the creator. I do want to see it. I just am in no I rush right it. now. You saw I, I, it. I, I, oh, I saw wow. It. Oh. Uh, and you know what? It's really well directed. That's the end of my statement. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. It's a movie with John David Washington in it, so you can only give it so much praise. <laughs> I, I I don't mind him as like I, I like. No, him I don't Tenet. either. I'm just busting his chops. I uh, uh, I I like him in Tenet. I think he's okay here. It's just like the script fucking sucks. Uh. Yeah, it, it, it's really a problem. And like, yeah, the concerns over how like the similarities of the, the Asian population are like robots and they're kind of interchangeable. Like, it's not great. Oh, uh, is that right? I did not know yeah. that that was a criticism there, weight on the movie. There's been a couple of concerns. I, I don't think they're completely out of out of line saying so. It's it, uh-huh. it it was a concern while watching, but it is like most Gareth Edwards things, really well directed. It's really fun to watch the thing. It's he's got an incredible sense of scale and texture. I I I don't if somebody could get him a script that doesn't suck, we might be in we might be in charge here. We might be and might he have had he had no uh he had no hand in the screenplay at all. It was somebody he was, else. he was a co-writer, but it was, you know, who uh-huh. uh, I, I don't want to uh it's what's his name? One of the whites guys. Uh, sure. Chris, Chris your guy, your guy here can't he can't help but catch L's left yeah, and right. I, it, it is. It does suck. <laughs> like it, I, I've been waiting since Godzilla, and man, it's just not been. It's been tough. You know what? I went back to that Godzilla though. I think it's a magnificent movie. Incredible movie. Just incredible. I really like it. Uh, coming in at number three. Speaking of incredible movies, you guys, 
Saw X. <laughs> a banger. Saw X with its stupid dream sequence poster. And at number three at week two with 8.2 million. Now, this was uh, about a 55% drop. Pretty admirable for a, a horror drop, but not too shabby, uh, especially in the face of a second horror movie uh, that was out this past weekend. That's, I think, what you're seeing with, I mean, this and, I mean, the nun saying bye-bye, the bye-bye nun. Uh, (laughs) Month, though, you know, so that was some good distance here. Poor John Kramer's Mexican adventure, man. So the bye-bye nun, right? So you have the bye-bye man. Yes. Uh And then the nun, but the nun can't be with the bye-bye man unless bye-bye man is Jesus. It's it's true. You've you've got it right. You've got it dead to rights there. (laughs) And I guess for what it's worth, you know, the whole thing with the Taylor Swift movie making Exorcist move up a week, uh, you know, Saw X would have had two clean weeks of being the biggest horror game in town, but uh, did not happen. It's another thing people can harass Taylor Swift over, I guess. (laughs) Um, In in second place, of course, Paw Patrol, Uh colon, the mighty movie. Did you see it, Eric? Um, Did you catch it finally? No. Oh, okay. But, Finally. But the poster is really fun. It you, is you're a very fun excited. poster. Um, this was another decent hold, man. Only a 48% drop, not too shabby. $11.8 million. Uh, you know, when you can't take your kids to the kid exorcist movie, I guess you take them to the kid animated puppy movie. It, it's the two things that are always going to bring audiences in horror and animated uh, kids movies. Yeah. That's, I mean, these are the basics. We're seeing ba- a basic economy here, uh, even with the. Bi- I mean, there's three horror movies. Well, no, I guess none is out. So there's only two horror movies in there. But it was still like in sixth or something like that. Oh, I mean, really? it didn't okay. completely fall off the charts. Guys, just for the, bl- the blind is right there. I guess that is also a little bit <laughs> of a horror, horror movie. Yeah, 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 I guess right. so. it's another horror movie. Uh, <laughs> horror, a, a, a um, new genre. But uh, so here we go. Exorcist uh, Believer. Yeah. Uh in at number one here. That's a number bad poster, one. by the way. Twenty-seven point two million dollars. Mm. Um, so a little mm-hmm. below what it was tracking. Um, and everybody, everybody, you know, I've seen this going around. You want to get your details here, right? When you're uh, when you're complaining about things, folks. So a lot of people saying, How did this movie cost four hundred million dollars? And the answer is it did not cost $400 million. <laughs> what not. you're seeing there is the negotiation that Universal had to make to buy the rights to the Exorcist movies. Yes. That all told cost them $400 million, which is why, regardless of this like softer than they wanted it to be opening, you will see those other two movies get made. And whether it is they decide like day and date with Peacock, uh, which I think they did for like those final two Halloween movies also, um, mm-hmm. Or like straight theatrical release like this. I feel, regardless of this movie's performance, they are they have to roll the dice and make those two other movies at this point. It is just so insane to spend that amount of money for those rights. Just make another possession movie. No Honestly, one really cares about the story of Father Marin or Ellen Bernstein's character. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? The people who made this movie don't care either, dude. We'll get to that in no, a little bit. They, they do not. But I think it's more a matter with everything, Eric, uh-huh. like a lore and mythos, like having, if you can tie anything to like existing IP and like, yeah, that's just the lazy way of doing business. But the other thing is, is you can excite people who are just into these titles as the titles, as the franchises. 
They yeah. can you activate all their little fucking spinners. Like the people who like really have watched The Heretic like six or seven <laughs> times. They're rare, but they're out there and they're passionate and they're going to come out to see your movie a couple times. Yeah, uh, I feel if, like if they're that dedicated. All right. I mean, I just feel like they're that audience is. Put, they're dwindling. pushing off. They're 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 possessing people of their own at this point. <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah. So we'll get into that a little more. I will just tease the discussion, though. I think it's the most embarrassing movie of the year I've seen so far. Um, quick check in on the art market here in limited release right now. Dicks the musical, mm. uh, the new Larry Charles movie out from A two four. They're slow rolling this guy here. Uh, what do we do? Uh, 221K on seven screens. Pretty decent stuff. That gets you about 31K per screen. Not too shabby of an outing for a very small movie like this. Um, these were dudes like they did this show at UCB and now they've like turned it into this movie. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I think it looks it looks very funny. Um, might be seeing it this weekend or something. But um, nice little uh, limited release here. It's not going to go super wide. So... Um, for folks not really around like metro areas or a place with uh, that's a you know a, 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 Dicks, a neighborhood theater. What, Dicks, what? you what want you wide? You want them wide? You want some Curvy. girth on there? I, you know that's not wide. everybody's preference, dude. I think that might be your preference, Long and that's and fine. But like, you know, sometimes yeah. you just want a, an Oscar Mayer wiener, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a pointer. That's you just fair, want a good point, fair, a little, right? little pointer. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, a it's not a, not everything's got to be a Matt Brock. Yeah, but like, you get a big, thick one. It's a fun occasion, maybe. I don't know. Yes, of course it is. It's a celebration. It's a a fun occasion, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You get a big dick. It's a fun occasion. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's the motion. It's the dance moves. It's a musical. Any dick is good. Let's. uh, I'm sorry for interrupting. (laughs) Um, You don't. uh, You don't know those dudes in in the movie, but Nathan Lane is there. Yes. At least. Um, Megan the Stallion, I believe, does a, oh, really? a a performance in it, like a music performance or maybe a song, because it is a musical, but she's also in it. But Bowen Yang's in it, Nathan Lane, um, Megan Mullally. You know, it, the preview looks very funny. Um, you worry with something like this how one note it winds up being. So we'll see. But Dick's yeah. the musical, nice uh, limited showing here. Um, speaking of limited showing, by the way, uh, Thursday, October the 26th, you guys. Uh, do you know where we'll be? <clears throat> where? We're going to be right here on the internet talking oh. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Uh-huh. Our next worldwide digital experience, y'all, yeah. going down 9 p.m. Eastern. I I'm should excited write to watch down. this movie. Yes, you write this down finally. You should write, you need write a date book, dude. I, 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 yeah, write it in one of your books you read from. No, I'll just <laughs> write it underneath my rug like I always do. No, no, this is very exciting. I'm excited to rewatch four. It's been a minute for four for yeah. me. And I love the franchise. Uh, Jason is a good boy. He is. He's it's my boy. favorite horror franchise, man. It's the franchise that turned me on to horror. Um, one of these days we'll get around to talking about part six in some capacity because that's the one that did it for me. I love um, six. Yeah. But this is a great ass movie. Corey Feldman, of course, Crispin Glover. Uh, a nerd gets murdered while sadly watching vintage pornography, like silent pornography. Eh, worst ways to go out in the world, I, I, I got to say. I mean, <laughs> look, you know, can't choose them all, but that's not so bad. It's it's sad, though, man. Like you're every look at it this way. Set the scene, right? The scene of the movie. Everyone else is up in the cabin, like getting laid somewhere. 
This yeah. guy's just quietly mm-hmm. watching silent era pornography. Right. And yeah. then Jason saw he had a thick one or a whatever, a wide one. <laughs> yes, a, a, a girthy one. He saw a girthy one and he wanted to celebrate with him. <laughs> As a boy from the woods, he saw a stump and he had to hit it, you know? That's yes. right. That's exactly um, correct. Anyway, so this is going down Thursday, October 26, 9 p.m. Eastern, moment.co slash we hate movies for tickets. Uh, or you can go to our website and find the same ticketing information there. We will say if you can't make it uh, the night of the show, it is streaming uh, on replay for seven days after that. So you can pick it up anytime during that period. Yes, sir. Um, and hey, speaking of cool things, going to plug it once again. Ad free. We hate movies, everybody. Yep. You know it. You love it. $8 tier and up. You can get all of our We Hate Movies Prime shows commercial free, interruption free. It's just nope. us flapping gums top to bottom. That's front right. Front to back. Yes. All tangents. Um, yeah. All tangents. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. So that's uh, some plugs. Yeah, you got to plug stuff. And, you know, other people love plugging stuff, too, because that is the only way. You spread the word about the movies you're trying to put out. Uh, And we try to keep track of those as much as possible, especially because January, I saw someone mention it in the chat, January, you know, our worst of the previous year month will be in effect. Um, So you never know. We got to keep on track of this stuff here. And one of the ways we do that is with a cleverly titled segment we like to call trailer segment. Now, there's just one trailer uh, this week because we still have a lot of stuff to get to the on-screen portion of the evening here, gang. But this one we're going to talk about here. I don't know how to feel about this. I got some some thoughts on it. But the new one from John Woo, Silent Night. Mm. Now, well, this, this is, is directed by John Woo? Oh, yeah, it's baby. directed Holy by John shit. Woo, dude. Yeah, Holy right? Crow. This is coming out from Lionsgate. Uh, December 1st. So it's at least a nicely timed Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Not getting some kind of October release or anything like that. It is also, you know, it'll be a theatrical release. So that's pretty cool. I like, I, yeah, go ahead, dude. I like this holiday action movie more than I like the recent trend of holiday horror movie. I will say I'm much more of a fan of a, a big action explosion, uh, celebration big spectacle yeah. as compared to like I, i've watched your better watch outs uh oh sure the dave harbour movie yeah i mean it's oh well no that's Vi- violent night oh, violent night excuse me but i mean like you yeah, like, there's a bunch of like violent night <laughs> yeah is supposed to like split the difference it's kind of actiony but like gratuitous death uh yeah but, but i i like i what i like about this is i have seen this trailer and I, I will say what I like about it is it's just that like uh, like lethal weapon Shane Black energy of we're yes. doing a lot of crazy shit on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're totally right, dude. And I will say the only thing that's like a massive question mark is this gimmick um, that the film has hey. here. We've literally already had a film like this yes. this year. Um, I guess this movie, though, is going to give it a little more of a justification it still is probably stupid, though. Uh, so this is the trailer <laughs> for Silent Night. John Woo's Silent Night here. Uh, we're going to start this trailer in three, two, one, go. Well, you Carol gotta, of the Bells, right? You, you got to do, do it. it. You got to do it. 
So Joel Kinnaman with a Christmas jingle bell on his neck. Mm -hmm. I, I have not seen this trailer yet, so I'm excited. Okay. Oh, so boy. like you see, his his family gets gunned down. You see. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh oh, oh yes. boy. Oh oh no. It actually that kind of looked like the front yard drive by from uh, Boys in the Hood, is it or Menace to Society? Mm. Yeah yeah. So this is not a remake of the Red Balloon. Okay, that's interesting to know. I, so. That was my first thought when I saw that. I, no. I'm mistaken. He's been like shot in the throat, you see. Yeah, oh, and he yeah. can't. He can't talk, you see. Oh no! Okay. Oh, dude. I don't know about that. What a silent night. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Dude. That's the idea. Oh, it, oh yes! Kill them all <laughs> on the calendar. That's a Simpsons joke, but it's kind of great. I, I, you know what? I could do with Joel Kinnaman doing something good. Finally, it's it would it's be been nice. a while. It's been a minute, has it not? Yes, it's it been has. a little while. And I gotta say, like, you could totally see Liam Neeson doing a stupid concept action movie like this too. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I, I think so, it's, it's time for a new generation. I think Kinnaman. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Kinnaman's a good replacement for if we're not gonna do Scott Atkins like we should. Yes. I think Kunmin's a fine uh, uh, yeah. idea. I, I agree. This looks But fun. I don't think Scott Atkins would be... Like, he doesn't deserve Liam Neeson-level kind of entertaining crime movies. Scott Atkins deserves action movies. And I think we're talking a little, little bit of a difference. I would take either one with him at this point to get him, like, in front of something. That's what I want. Right. Oh, I mean, you know, another... Plus for this, it looks incredibly violent. It does. Yeah. This, this is a hard R. Eh. Looks a little bit like a lot of digital blood, but whatever. Yeah, that's just the way of the world these days, it's Chris, close, unfortunately. True. But that's, you know. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. What? I don't I'm know. See it. I'm, no, I'm, yeah. I'm actually excited now because I, when you got when I've heard mention of this movie and I was like, yeah. oh great, another guy's becoming Santa Claus or something. Oh, uh, I thought he was going to be, be a Santa Claus. No, that's the David Harbor movie, and you should avoid that uh, as if it were the plague. Um, this I just <laughs> like the last John Woo movie was like a fucking Netflix movie and it sucked. Like, I, I, I don't oh, know. What was that? I did not even, I, I don't oh, even man, think I was aware he had a Netflix Man movie. Hunt, Manhunt, I think it's called. So, okay. Okay, it, has, it has the little uh, white dove on the cover, I think. Oh, uh, that's pathetic. Oh, wow, 2017, you're right. This is crazy. I didn't even hear of this was made. Yeah, they, it came out on Netflix unceremoniously surprised. Um, it, it's <laughs> fine it's john woo so it's not like terrible to watch but like yeah. it's just who cares I, I, it's very like it immediately evaporates from your memory yeah um so you know i don't we'll know see. we'll see we will see um you know i'll take it uh we gotta support stuff like that get that shit yeah. like living in the pot you know living in the ecosystem of the box office for a few weeks you know what i mean yeah. um all right <sighs> Oh no! <laughs> Here we go. Uh, there you David go. Gordon Green, the yeah. Exorcist believer, yeah. Chris Kaplan. Let's mean you get into it because Eric had a had a fucking brain in his head and stayed away. That's right. smart move, Eric. Just do not, it, Eric. Do not watch this until it comes out on some kind of street. Do not go near. Do not give them their, your money. I'm telling you this Chris, now. Chris It'll be on Peacock. It'll it be will, on Peacock in like a <laughs> no, month. No time whatsoever. It will be on there. It is this. I, 
I honestly don't know even where to start because it's so bad on every level. Like there is, I don't have good things to say about this at all. I no, really don't. And I'll, I'll tell you, we're going to keep it spoiler free here, folks. Yes. So don't, um, don't worry about that. But like, you know, there's like, uh, you look at like the Halloween, what, what Gordon Green did with the Halloween franchise. Right. And that's like, I don't know. You meet Laurie Strode and like, there's a purpose for her being in this, in the movie and everything. Obviously there's no reason whatsoever that Ellen Burstyn is in this movie as Chris McNeil. And it's truly embarrassing (laughs) what they have this woman do like this woman, the actress do and what they do to the character. It is humiliating (laughs) folks. It is not fun to watch it. it, I, I was, it was bad enough before she shows up, but when she does show up, it becomes uh, markedly worse. Yes, uh, you're the, right. The problem, I think, is like, I think David Gordon Green understood the mechanics of, of, of a slasher, the mechanics of something like Halloween. I think he understood what that needed and like how you build that story. Ghost stories are different. Ghost stories need different things. Like, uh, to the movie starts essentially like prisoners. Uh, but like, <laughs> oh my god, the Del- the Denny Villeneuve yeah, movie. Uh, it's yeah, got a okay. very similar opening, and like I, I rewatched it recently. It's not a very good movie, but it does have tension, and like because you know where this is heading, there's no te- like when this happens, you're just uh, get to it. Like get right. get, yes. get, get to the fucking. But I know there's they're, they're going to get possessed. Let's get to them possessed. And I think anybody who knew this story would know we have to get to that point as quickly as humanly possible because all right. this other shit is going to feel like detritus. It's going to feel like, sound like garbage. Like and you, it does. You, you know, at this point, like, you know what everybody's there for. There is no way to surprise you and how that like presents itself. Right. Like obviously it's different things, but like, it's kind of just the same thing. And it really drags ass through like something yeah. weird's happening with these girls. And you're like, Oh, oh do I know? So how long oh, does it take till you get to the possession? I mean, Ellen Burstyn pops in like an hour into the movie, I would say. And the girls probably show up uh, probably like, what, 40 minutes? I don't even know. There is a lot of like... It takes a while. uh, Yeah, you know, because there's a lot of... um, Table setting with with what's Table setting with what's his face from... um, I'm going to pull up uh, IMDb Uh, here. This I'm so terrible I, with names. I also just hate like the the setup of like the single black father with the who has to do with the white parents of the other girl and like sure. the tensions wherein like and you would think they would think ahead like it doesn't have to be that simplified it doesn't have to be that stereotypic they go for the most basic bullshit you can think of when describing their differences and their dynamics it's it's that's it's frustrating. Right. It's like a bad uh, Lifetime movie, like those yes. scenes. <laughs> it, it feels really shitty. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is the yes. dude. Sorry, I could not think of it. He was in Hamilton, among other things, of course. Um, but, you know, he's the he's the father, and there's, like, so much shit with, like, before the daughter is born, and, like, that whole sequence, which kind of, like, about the pacing of the movie, that's kind of, like, the equivalent of, like, the Northern Iraq scene from the first movie. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's that yeah. long. That you're farting around in Haiti, and then it's like 13 years later, 
And then it's like the movie sort of resets itself and you're just waiting for something to happen. It's so boring. And the problem is, you know, the first movie, there takes a lot to get the setup too, but it's got like the vibes. It has the atmosphere to carry you through it. This movie just has none of that. It's a very like dull looking, unexcited looking movie, which I think it's funny because again, it's kind of, it looks almost exactly like a carbon copy of the world that created for Halloween. Yes. And I think, again, that speaks to your, like, he knows how to set up a suburban slasher kind of vibe. But what yes. you need for a movie like this, I, I, you know, I, actually, I, f- I think if he took, like, some notes from, like, his earlier, like, indier films, it would have benefited this a lot more. Um, you oh. may have been able to hit some kind of vibe there if you use stuff from, like, all the real girls or something. Or should I mean, George I- Washington? I mean, if there was like interpersonal stuff that would like wasn't directly anchored to the plot, yeah, yeah, but like it's all plot stuff, and like a lot of his his sense of realism is what like paints this and Halloween that gives him that grimy but like not too grimy blasted out kind of look, like some, something's something's dark and amiss here. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for the suburb. I, I just I I get the like movies like this. Like he tries to his sensibility is to bring like the ideas of like the bedroom being like the, and the house being alive because of this entity. Uh, uh-huh. He brings that into like the hospital and like things like that. And I'm like, that is an interesting idea in when you're stoned in college or on paper, <laughs> I suppose. But like, uh-huh. what's cool about these things is usually uh, what's familiar. Like what's the, a house, an apartment, like an yeah. interiors, like, and he doesn't do interiors very well. He like it, they're just supposed to be like like places where people shuttle off to wherever they're going to go for the day, usually, or mm-hmm. like places where you hang out in the kitchen, like Laurie Strode. Um, but I, I I felt like all of this like he just doesn't know how to build atmosphere the way this kind of thing needs. He just yeah, it's all tension. He knows how to do tension. I don't think he knows how to do atmosphere. And I think those are two different things. Like yeah. as far as mood setting. And I said this, uh, I said this in my letterbox review, taking the Catholic church out of an exorcist movie, like an exorcist franchise movie is like taking space out of Star Trek. So wait, so what is it then? So it is like biters guys like there's, there is footage of snake handling in this movie. I'm not even kidding you because what they're doing, dude, is a. Every religion has some kind of possession ritual. And so, you know, we're all going to band together in this prayer circle potpourri shit of like all these different folks coming together <sighs> from all these different factions. And like, man, is it stupid? It is this, oh man, I, it is just such a wrong decision for this franchise. Not to say that like you can't do other possession movies differently. Of course you can. They've been made, they've been great. But like, if you're doing in in world like an exorcist movie, I'm sorry, the Catholic Church has to be in the you driver's paid seat. Four hundred million dollars for the rights to these movies, and right. you're leaving out your biggest baddie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not using your greatest villain. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't quite get it. Like, I, I this there isn't even really like. I can even say like the Halloween. There was a genuinely uh, genuine point of view being expressed. It was. Not quite the zombie world. It was, but it was a like gruesome in the same way. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there was a slight change there. Like I, this, I don't even get the point of it. I, I really don't. Uh, there, are, I, I mean, there are some elements in this movie, like some acts of violence that occur that I'm just like, what 
franchise are you working with? Like at this point, like just make something, you know, that is not called The Exorcist. And like, you're going to get a lot more leeway on a lot of this stuff, but like doing it in this, you know, especially in saying like, it's not like it's a reboot, right? It's the continuation. It's like that first mm-hmm. movie happened in the world of this movie. So like you have to kind of hit the style closer to the source material. And this is just, it's so all over the place. Yeah. It's like, it's like coexist the bumper sticker, the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. It uh, sounds lame. It. it is. It's, it's pretty dull, dude. I have to say. And, uh, I was kind of bummed. So we'll see with okay. two more movies getting yeah, made. We'll, in this we'll see. I, I doubt it will get better. I, I don't. I yeah. don't foresee that happening. But we'll see. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So speaking of uh, things that shouldn't have happened, am I the only one that subjected themselves to this? Probably. I don't know why you did this. <laughs> I have no idea why you did this. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, folks. It was out on uh, Paramount Plus just this past Friday. You know why I did it? Because no. I'm such a I'm such an X Files pilled loser. I'm like oh, Dave Duchovny's in the movie, God. man. I gotta check it out. Jesus, that's what why I watched play? the television show Aquarius. That's oh, why I, I saw the movie Evolution in theaters. Like, so well, he's yeah. in it. Well, boy, was my face red though because he's in it for like six minutes, of course, all of told, course. like peppered throughout the movie. Yeah. He has one scene at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You don't see him again for like forty minutes. He's and the then mailman he's like, or something, just like, oh, hey, bye. He's the Got son with. He's the son with a dead kid. Oh, cool. Um, but. So it is a prequel to Pet Cemetery. Oh, good. And the main character is the old man, Fred Gwynn character, <laughs> as a young man. But the movie takes, the movie is set. It tells you explicitly, and it's about Vietnam all over the place. It's set in 1969. And this character is like 20 years old. So how does he go from 20-ish years old in 1969 to an old-ass Herman Munster-looking man in 1980, whatever that movie was? That like, is hilarious. A wizard did it. How do you biff that? You know, because in the, in, the, in the book, it was, I uh, believe, Don't smoke cigarettes World War now. II. I think it was World old. War II was what it was. Because this is yeah. like, it's a movie-length adaptation of a small conversation that happens in the pet cemetery story, like he tells the father about like one time back when I was a kid, like this happened, yada, yada. But so it's like from the source material, but they just like biff the year I on think it. I, get it. I think they're trying to match it with the John Lithgow remake. Is it a prequel to that? Because oh, Lithgow would have been that Vietnam. Be. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, we did talk about this. Yeah. Did we? Like, yeah, the, the problem it like what? My question is: The last pet cemetery died on the table, like what? Yeah. Like immediately, it was what, terrible like, too. I saw that's better, right? It, well, but like what was says you dead. in every on Letterboxd, by the way, dude. That was, <laughs> was the, the review purpose? for that's this. Hilarious. Movie. What, was what was the, the purpose, purpose? To, to yeah. hold on to the rights? Yeah. For what? You well, think you're going to figure it out one people, day? Well, now all the executives <laughs> out there think you can't do an original story. You just have to constantly do you know and this has been yeah. going on for a while but it's actually yeah. accelerating right now i think there's a lot of like i think paramount even has a shingle just to like reinvigorate old 
properties. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, you don't hear this about this was that uh, that's time. what this was actually. By the way, it was Paramount something. Yeah, it I was. A, it it was a shingle thing on the opening. Yes. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where you get this. That's where you're you're, you're going to see a lot of stuff there. I think Pumpkinhead might be coming out through them as well eventually. Uh, so Are they doing a, a new Pumpkinhead? I might have just made that up, but <laughs> oh. I bet you they are. <laughs> let's say, I mean, let's say yes. I mean, they're probably trying to give Paramount Vantage a second try. Give that, bring that back out into the daylight. What, I'm trying to whole. find what they're calling it because it's it, the funny thing is it's not Paramount Vantage. Uh, fuck that! Oh, Paramount Players—that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even it. worse. Ugh. So yeah, yeah, it's not great. Players um, Club, Paramount Players Club, great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you got David Duchovny, you got uh, Elliot from ET, Henry, uh, what's his face? Paramount Players is yeah. being a remake of Pumpkinhead. I have no other details. Oh. It was announced in 2021. So please, we'll interesting, Eric. Please tell me David Duchovny is not in it because otherwise, <laughs> Andrew's going to watch it. We have to talk about uh, it. I don't want that, uh, Eric. Please tell no, me. No, no. He yes, Duchovny's in it. He God it, damn it. it. He's playing instead of the little boy being hit by a motorcycle. It's David Duchovny. Uh huh. <laughs> he's in it for he's, like ten minutes tops. He's stuck. Okay, good. Oh man, yeah. It's so not a recommend. It's mm-hmm. it's. It's uh it's pretty stupid. Um it's like a whole it's a whole like Vietnam thing. Um because the reanimated kid is not a little boy, it's a uh dead teenage soldier coming home from Vietnam that Duchovny puts in the ground and that starts the movie. Um yeah, not good. Not good at all. Uh a lot of violence. Um again felt very much not of the source material it also feels like because it's also very short you know it feels like this could also have just been an aborted tv show and it was just like this is like the 90-ish minute pilot we'll add a scene or two say it's a feature film and then never talk about it again well they can't do that anymore abortion's illegal (laughs) eric knows uh, all right, let's get to some stuff we've been seeing around the 61st New York Film Festival, which is winding down, by the way. This is our last um, off-kilter scheduled episode. Uh, the screenings are coming to an end this Friday, as a matter yep. of fact. Um, first one up, uh, I think, is maybe just me. Did you see this, Chris? No, I didn't get to see this. Uh, Clever Mendoza Fijos, uh, Pictures of Ghosts. Looks terrifying. That looks scarier than the <laughs> Exorcist poster. It looks scarier yeah. than Saw X. It looks scarier Stone. than Paw Patrol. My God. <laughs> Old-timey, like, Halloween costume-looking things. Um, this is a doc that Grasshopper's putting out. Um, I absolutely loved this. It's him uh, going back to his hometown uh, in Brazil, uh, Recife, and going to like the apartment he grew up in where he shot a lot of his like really early movies. And you see a lot of like comparisons from like home video footage to like the apartment appearing in movies and photographs and stuff. And then he sort of like expands out into receive and like showing like the city being captured in movies and like newsreel footage and stuff and how it has changed over time. And like when you look back at old footage into the past, like you're looking I think about this all the time when I watch like silent movies and whatever, like you're literally looking at ghosts 
You know, mm-hmm. it's like people who have been dead for ages. And like, that's what he's talking about. Like watching the city change around him. And there's large chapters dealing with like all of these movie theaters that he grew up going to. And he's got all these stories about like hanging out with his old projectionist. I mean, it is, it's a must see documentary. He's uh, really captured something here. Um, and I was completely hypnotized by it. Um no data on when it's coming out, but look for this. Grasshopper's a cool company. They have a good, uh, very unique taste in movies. Fantastic. Um, I just yeah, Googled the title. Work. I just Googled the title of this movie, and I just got pictures of men in white sheets. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're in all kinds of stuff. They're all kinds of dress up there, Eric. You're <laughs> you know, talking about you ghosts try. and not the Ku Klux Klan. Not, not yes. KKK, no, not, okay. pictures of ghosts. <laughs> uh, if and, and until you do find out when this comes out, you should watch uh, this guy's other movies. They are fucking amazing. Uh, Aquarius, uh, Aquarius, Baccarat, um, ooh, Baccarat with Udo Kier. Oh yeah, great movie. Uh, and uh, Neighboring Sounds is the one that got him a lot of attention right out the bat. It he's really makes some really phenomenal movies, and I really I was sad I had to miss this one. Uh, but yeah, great filmmaker. Yeah. Um. So this was one of those like. I, you know, I'll totally admit it. It was a, I'm going to get there early um, because the next screening is going to be more popular and I want the guaranteed seat. Um, even though I had, I totally love Baccarat, it was like, eh, it's an early morning screening. It's a doc. It's not like, you know, uh, a narrative from him. So I was kind of like, eh. But boy, a great festival find. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super pleased that I uh, showed up for that it one. It sounds um, cool. It sounds like a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you guys would really like it. Um, all right, Chris Cabin, I believe this one was all you. The new one from uh, Nuri Bilg Ceylon's uh, About Dry Grass, as is the name of the motion picture. Oh, yeah, fans of three hours, three hour Turkish dramas, just get, get ready for it. Uh, here it comes. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is a very select kind of people who like him probably already know him and like him uh, and are aware that this is coming out. This is, I mean, he's been around since the early aughts and he's been making uh, uh, our old uh, Greg Taylor, who taught all of us. He actually turned me on to this guy originally, uh, his original movie, Distant, which is really good. Um, And Climates from 2006 is a fucking amazing. But he has just been putting out these like excellent dramas for so long that you kind of almost get used to it. And like, I felt that with this one. I was just like, this is all amazing and very involving. And the uh-huh. character work is very subtle and uh, sumptuous. And I wasn't bored at all, uh, even though a lot of it is like these completely like big barren landscapes full of snow, which are beautiful. But there's not like a lot going on in the movie. It's a very right. sparsely populated town. It's not St. Tango levels, but it's around there. Um, <laughs> well, and, what could be? Uh, it, it's very good, but it is uh, uh, you have to be ready for his tone and his pace. Uh, to enjoy it um it's uh the the main character is very like a good challenging character for him much less likable none of his characters are totally likable but this one more than uh, even usual is hard to like what Um, is um what's the little sort of capsule uh description what it's about a, a teacher at a small school uh has a small controversy that leads him to take uh, uh, make some not great decisions uh, in his life and with the others. Holdovers. 
Yes, it's 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 quite like that. <laughs> I've heard the barren uh, barren wastelands of Turkey, like in, out in like the nowhere land of Turkey, like where the, nobody. Well, is. Pittsburgh, Turkey. Sure, <laughs> same difference. <laughs> Steel factory. Um, yeah, it's it's all, all I know is it's over over there or here. Sure. It's not near me. Uh, this, but this, yeah, uh, yeah. if you like them, see it. Uh, yeah. So this is out. Uh, release TBD from Sideshow and Janice Films, who, boy, oh boy, they are really planting their flag uh, this year with uh, as far as movies that they are picking up and putting out. Really cool to see those guys. A uh, lot of great taste in the pickups, I have to say. Didn't they um, pick up during, didn't, during this festival, didn't they pick up The Beast? Uh, I think I read that somewhere that uh, when they screened this, not the press and industry screening, but during the public screening, uh, Bonello came out and said that Sideshow had picked it up. Oh, that would be uh, I, pretty cool. I assume for next year. I assume not for this year. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Sideshow and Janice acquire yeah. U.S. rights uh, to the mm. Beast. That's yeah. absolutely correct. That'll Man, see? So there you go. Another movie we were uh, really um, very... Thumbs up about plus about. Uh, all right, so Eric Siska, this one's That's me right. and you, my friend. Oh Harmony Corinne's Agro Drift. This movie, wow, <laughs> what a what an experience! I think I might have liked it a little more than you did, Andrew. It's, yeah, it's dumb, which I like. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's funny. It's stupid. I guess it's supposed to. I don't really get. I didn't really pick up on like, oh, it's about how video games are now the future. Or anything like that. Pardon me. I didn't get that either. I thought you were watching like an 85 minute cutscene kind of a thing. I mean, complete yes. with NPCs and bad dialogue. Um, all of the heat vision gives it a weird scrambled pornography like vibe. Yeah, I like which the heat dude, vision. yeah, that took that took me back. <laughs> that took that- me back. You almost <laughs> took it out because it was so relatable. Oh. It was so like, hey, this is back like the childhood. <laughs> but what's what the key to this movie is it's short. It could be even shorter. Someone argue, maybe even I would argue, but yeah. it is really funny because it's like, you know, a hit. My, I'm losing my phone. Oh wow! Look at this. Oh, it's a, no. all right. So let's see. It's a hitman who's like the greatest assassin, <laughs> and he's killing Eric right now. He poisoned him <laughs> on the air. Scaling yeah, up. Sorry his about throat. that. But it's really it's, funny. It's really funny because it's so juvenile and stupid. Yeah. Um, just like a guy, like w- the bad hitman he has to square off with later, just like holding two like katanas in his hand and like dry humping the air while looking at his captured strippers. Everyone's either a hitman or a stripper. It yep. is, it's dumb as dirt, but. I think it does hit certain comedic highs. I don't necessarily think it's a great movie at all, but I think it's sort of worth seeing. I wouldn't necessarily say run out and see it, but I'm sure it'll be streaming soon enough. Yeah. uh, Streaming, I think is the way to go with this. Although I will say seeing it in a, it wasn't jam packed, but it was a full enough uh, theater that afternoon. Um, That certainly helped. You know, uh, but I feel like the problem was, even though there were a lot of us laughing, there weren't enough of us laughing. You know, like the auditorium was too big. If you had just condensed it like smaller room and just had the people who were laughing, 
it would have been it would have become like a little more infectious and everything. Yeah. As it was, it was still fun to watch Some, it with I people. A few walkouts. Uh, yes. I noticed two walkouts, but it's just like it sets the tone immediately. You see, like this hit being car- carried out. There's like a, a demon in the sky going like, "Yeah, do it, kill that fat fuck." Bah. Yeah, it's, yeah. You can. It's impossible to take seriously, and that is right. a strength. So wait, so yeah. it's not it is so according to both of you, it is not the future of cinema like Harmony no. Korine has has <laughs> said it is. This is that it's not no. cinema is dead and this is the future. Okay. No. I, I, mean, I, I, I feel better. I feel better. I was marketing a little machine. <laughs> I was a little yeah. worried. Now I feel better. Yeah, don't worry. Cinema's okay, Chris. Thanks. We're not Cinema. gonna be watching agro drift for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Cinema's totally fine, as uh, has been evidenced by other stuff in this festival, of course. This Yo. is this is the future of, like, we're having a party, and in this room, we're just going to have this dumb thing on the wall on loop, and people can walk through and laugh at five minutes of it and then go snag a beer and go someplace else. Like, not sitting down and paying attention to yeah. it in its yes. entirety yeah, front yeah. and back because like it truly does not matter. There's no story. It's just this guy like, I want to provide for my family who I love so much. And you see him like with his wife, like giving him a lap dance. And then he's like, Oh, hello kids. You know, you know and they're like is, NPCs from a video game. It's for your bad movie night celebration. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I think one time, but then after that, it's just like on a wall as a projection. <laughs> yes, to yeah, walk yeah. in a gallery. Because it, like it is. Movie. I'm with Bilga, dude. Like, it's not a movie. When Harmony Korine said he didn't direct a movie and or he didn't want to make a movie or whatever it was, and Bilga's review was like, "Well, congratulations because you didn't." Like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's kind of not a movie. It's just a fun little jaunt. That if it were like 75 minutes, yes. It's much more tolerable to kind of sit through all at once, I would yes. say. Interesting. Um, no word on distribution for that. Um, no, I just funny have, you say that. <laughs> I have a thought, actually, about how I <clears throat> lost my voice in here. I've never been in this house at night. Oh, uh, no, dude. Are you so, getting strangled by a ghost? I think it might be some type of uh, the Eric Colon believer happening. Disco believer, yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. Well, you know, it would make a pretty good horror movie, dude, of like on the air. You just got yeah. like grabbed by somebody, oh, like pulled cool? away. Like so that what was that wear... Zoom horror movie that came out. The Zoom one? Is oh uh host. host? Yeah. yeah. I like that it, movie. It, it was like 63 minutes, exactly the length shit like that I should did be not Harmony see that. Was it is that part of the Facebook movie universe? Because was it unfriended? Unfriended, and, which is great. Uh yeah. see it. unfriended yeah. is better than host. Host is like host was like made during the pandemic. It's literally yes. four people on a Zoom. They do a seance over the Zoom and then like <laughs> haunted shit starts happening to them, but you only okay. see them through Oh, okay. The little Zoom boxes. There's a lot of people running around with their laptop, which is like sub stupid found footage. Like, I got to keep carrying my laptop. <laughs> it's really dumb. Wow. I mean, it sounds creative, but I don't think I want to watch a Zoom movie. It's fine. You're fine. <laughs> Just At fun. this point, too, to like go back and like remember all that, like, I feel yeah. the rewatchability of that movie is very unappealing. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, the new one, the film debut from a playwright that I like uh, for a movie that I just darn it wasn't crazy about. Uh, Annie Baker's Janet Planet, 
Um, so this is out uh, TBD next year sometime from uh, A24. Uh, so I was a big fan, am a big fan of uh, Annie Baker's The Flick, which was a great play uh, mm-hmm. that takes place in a movie theater auditorium. So you can see why uh, I liked it so much. Um, this movie just did not work with me. I could not get in gear with this movie. It's very slow, intentionally so. Uh, looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, beautiful Western mass in the summertime, like late summer. They capture that whole vibe like Berkshire's August perfectly. Love it. Um, you can really kind of, you can feel that coming off the screen. Um, for me, I I had a really hard time getting in the zone with how the movie was playing. I didn't know how funny it was supposed to be like were there things i was supposed to be laughing at or not and i think by the time i realized it was okay to be laughing it was kind of too late but i also felt that like stop and start with the audience some stuff we were like oh yeah that's funny and then other stuff that you could tell was also supposed to be funny kind of didn't land so i had trouble getting in with it um the little girl you know is is fine um you know i think this might have been her first thing you know nothing really against her and julianne nicholson is great. Um, it's just, it's way too stilted for me. And I feel like if you're doing stilted dialogue, the filmmaking's got to be a little more active for me because the whole thing just kind of, I could not find the pacing of it. So it didn't work for me. I know a lot of people are liking it. I'm not saying don't see it. Um, there's a lot to like about it. Um, and I think Annie Baker is a really great writer. If you ever see the, the flick, put up anywhere um, or just buy a copy of the play and read it. It's a lot of fun. So this one, just a little miss for me, but uh, you know, I would certainly watch the next Annie Baker movie. That's for sure. I'm not hmm. put off by her movies hmm. forever. Or anything yeah. like that. I have not seen this, but it takes place in the Berkshires, which is a beautiful part of the country. So oh, uh, yeah. I'll say that much and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanks dude. The, uh, the Western Massachusetts board of tourism. Thanks you too for that. They're doing a big uh, up job out there in, in, in Western <laughs> Massachusetts, I got to say. It's beautiful. Professionals. Nothing but professionals. Uh, here's a beautiful looking movie that Eric and I saw. Bradley Cooper's Maestro. There he is. Oh, there boy. he is. Oh, the Maestro himself. Uh, <laughs> this is a movie that people are loving. I'm not. I think the more I think about it, the less I like it. I feel part of the problem I feel with this movie is. Yeah. I don't feel the love of music in this movie. I feel like something like Interesting. Tar had more mm-hmm. of that. And this is like, you kind of barely get to know the world he's even working in. I think it's Bradley Cooper's just having an excuse to, you know, say, say shit in a funny voice. And, and he's good <laughs> in the movie. Carrie Mulligan's even better. Yes. But it just feels fragmented. It feels very much, yeah, your leading star shouldn't have directed the movie as well, in my opinion. Yep, absolutely. Like, I think it should have been one or the other, like direct this movie and have someone else. Or you know what? I think you did a hell of a job with the performance. Have someone else direct you doing uh, Leonard Bernstein. Um, Carrie Mulligan, amazing in the movie. I agree. I think what you're talking about, dude, it's interesting because I think it's a negative byproduct of how I think Cooper tried to bypass some... Uh, biopic music, especially musician movie tropes, right? So, like, yeah, they're, it's, um, they're not ever very specific as to what he's working on, right? They don't call it out it sort of very just, openly. 
scenes of him like listing his accomplishments instead of really feeling passionate about it. it feels like he's just passionate about himself and maybe that's what we're trying yeah. to get at. I think it also could have benefited from being just drop me in a time and place. Stop jumping around. Like the first 30, 40 minutes isn't black and white. And we're talking like when the movies, see, because it's the past. Okay. We talk like this. <laughs> and it just kind of makes it unrelatable for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, maybe people were going, hey, yeah, okay, toots, dame. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, there is a, there is a significant shift when it gets into the the late 60s uh, and onward, of course. It's better. Uh, it gets better there. It does. That's the stuff I like more, honestly. I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's weird because they talk about a lot of his stuff. You're right. Like, you never see him making that music TV show that he had that was so popular, right? They just talk about it a lot. And yeah. it also, it bypasses things like lower third locations and years, you know, so it doesn't mark anything. You have to keep up by recognizing like clothing and projects that they're talking about and things like that. So while that's kind of admirable because it's sort of chipping away at some of those things you've seen in so many of these movies a million times, you also kind of, unless you know this dude's life backward and forward, you kind of get lost a little bit. Yes, exactly. Because um, I'm not that yeah. familiar with everything. He's. I'm, I was interested to kind of get a sense of. I, I feel like I, I'm just as where I was when I when I when I put this on or when I went to yeah. the theater. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Like it because it doesn't take a breath for any of these things. It's got to like get onto the next period in his life, the next thing that he was working on that you'll sort of see talked about, but not really. Um, and I know, I guess it's more about yeah. the man and uh, the, his family and stuff. And that's a good angle, too. It just seems to not commit to anything. And I know some people love it. I, I give it a solid three. I think the performances are good. I'm not trying to outright pan it. But it just kind of didn't really work for me. It didn't really land altogether for me. Yeah. Uh, someone someone asks the transatlantic yeah, accent thing. <laughs> Yes, that's what doing that's it. what we're talking about. They're doing it. The first like forty minutes or whatever is just yeah. that. No, mother, they didn't give me a chaser, etc. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So this is uh, this is out limited theatrical release on eleven twenty two, right in time for Thanksgiving, which is appropriate. There's a scene with the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade in it. Great scene. Uh, the, see the things. Yeah. There, there are moments yeah. of like really good parts of this movie. That's why it's kind of yes. disappointing that it d- didn't stick the landing. Yep, I completely agree. Um, and then twelve twenty from Netflix. I will say, you know, I don't know how many theaters are going to get to play Maestro, but if you have interest in this movie and you see that it's playing near you at Thanksgiving time, take advantage of that. The what you do get to hear in the movie of the music is incredibly mixed. We were we were pretty close to the front row. We were in like the second row really getting blown away. Um, so get a good theatrical presentation for that if you can. Otherwise, turn your TV up really loud because there's a lot of cool stuff to hear. Um, all right. And then let's see. Well, the final one. My goodness gracious, we're already at the end of the evening. Uh, the final one. Chris and I both saw the new one from Sofia Coppola. Priscilla, yeah. which was the uh, yeah. centerpiece selection here at the festival. Um I loved this movie, man. I um, not get over how good this fucking movie is. This movie fucking rocks. Uh, I keep thinking about it. It's a movie, you know, Eric, as you were saying, like the further you get away from Maestro, like the less you think you like it. This is like, 
the further away from it I get, like I like it even more. I can't wait to see it again. Um, this Kaylee Spanny and um, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Alordi, Jacob, Jacob Alordi. People from, that I don't uh, really think I'd seen in much. I don't watch Euphoria, so I didn't Euphoria. I really heard of yeah. him. Kaylee Spanny banger performances. Uh, you know her best as the dead girl from Mayor of Easttown. Uh, oh, yes. That, okay. That is mostly what she's known for, unless you're a big Lynn Griffin head and we're like, oh my God, Lynn Griffin from Black Christmas and Curtains is playing the fucking grandmother. Oh. Uh, Dodge, grandma <laughs> Dodger, uh, uh, Elvis's grandma. Uh, oh, she, okay. That she's uh, a, a a character actress from uh, some seventies uh, eighties horror Black Christmas. Oh curtain. really? Oh that's Strange, interesting. Oh she's, uh, Strange she's Brew, a great. Uh, 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 Pam and Strange Brew. Uh, but I mean, I I'm saying that, but like, there's nobody else in this movie. It's it's them. It's Alori yeah. and Fanny, and that it, it that it is the whole show. And I think that speaks both to like this. Uh, even more reserved tone that Coppola has been working on here. Like there's a lot of connections to Marie Antoinette, both the movie and the character in, in the yeah. story and in the script. Uh, but I think even more that like, it, it's a, uh, a, like a worsening in a way, like, cause what's all the interiors in Marie Antoinette are so designed and beautiful. And like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's the time of that. I mean, it's the age of that stuff. Uh, but in this, it's all muted. Everything is dark. Everything is curtains are drawn and yep. light is kept away from her because you she is being asked to believe a reality that only he shapes. Uh, and it it frames that as the perspective so beautifully and the performances add to that perspective and like move it into different uh, realms of, you know, actual violence, uh, imagined violence, uh, uh, imagined like hopelessness towards the end versus yeah. actual like hope. Uh, you know, I, I just think she's working with a lot of stuff here. I think she's been, I, I, I don't, I don't anything but really like any Cop uh, Sofia Coppola movie. I, 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 I really like them all or I love them. Uh, uh -huh. and this, I was, I was happy to find out that it's still the case with this one. It's amazing that she is able to take like, you know, the storybook, you know, the famous sweeping Graceland and successfully turn it into like a prison, yeah. like a tiny box prison. Like it's crazy. I'll also say, don't be surprised if you see a certain Mr. Quentin Tarantino say it's his favorite movie of the year. <laughs> There's quite a lot of that. Uh, Her feet are all see. over this movie. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's great. And oh, dude, Eric, how about this dude? Uh, Purchase Pride, Dan Deacon song on the soundtrack. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because she's doing montage. it's it's not the full Marie Antoinette where every piece of music is anachronistic, but it's like a mix of the two. Ooh. Yeah, um, there is period music in it. Um, not and a ton of Elvis really? music. Am I remembering that right, Chris? No, very, very. Yeah. I don't. I, it might be none. There might not, it might not be might any be. at all. I can't remember. They talk about Elvis songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm he trying to remember to now. On the phone, you never see the colonel. He only talks to the colonel on the phone. That's wow. a smart move. So do you think this would be a good pairing? Let's say you're doing a double feature with the Boz Lerman Elvis. Do you think that they're is that like compatible? the exact opposites? They're I, yeah, they're I figured. Like, yeah, that, that's essentially the. I mean, it might be interesting to look at it from that point of view. Like it's Boz Lerman did the maximalist like public version of it, 
this is like a version that yeah. literally nobody want. Like, I mean, the family didn't want it to come out. I mean, so yeah, you know. yeah. Elvis, Elvis is like a fucking monster in the movie. Yeah, like not he's good. he's not a cool dude. But I will say, man, um, you know, miserable person, personal prison aside, does it not look at least kind of fun to be hanging out with Elvis and his buddies? <laughs> That'll be a no for me, but yes, I, I at no. least understand why someone would want that. Sure. Like it's just like your buddy's sweet grandmother's constantly just making you fried chicken. You're drinking beers, shooting red striped bottles off a fence, you know. Yeah. And good. It's, it's traveling good. the world because at the same time, like your buddy is also Elvis, and you just go with him everywhere. Drunk Elvis plus gun does not give me any kind of comfort. Uh, I'll be honest on that sure, one. Sure, that's but, fair. Uh, but I, I do see where I mean the red stripe and the fried chicken sound good. I will say that. That's pretty good. Um like yeah, this is out wide from A24 on 11.3. You bet your bippy this will be uh, in the end of year awards conversation and all that stuff. So I'm glad that they're putting it out super wide. I think there's a lot of interest in this movie. I mean, obviously, just from like a Elvis and Priscilla Presley, you know, fan base that is, you know, certainly there. Um, just know, though, like if your parents are talking about going to that movie or whatever, I mean, it is not, you know, it, it is very, it's realistic. So it's not push cushioning up to Elvis. You know, it's not trying to kiss his ass. Um, it might be a little and it's angry. very different from the Baz Luhrmann movie. They um, might be a little angry. It's, it's okay. Yeah. They'll be fine. They'll get over it. But yeah, they if, might be don't angry. go into it looking for Elvis tainment. Um, Cause I, that's th- not what's going on. The only thing of real Elvis lore that they really put a button on that I really do appreciate is the bacon looks phenomenal. Oh, dude, yep. And he's eating a lot of it. He was a big man. Yeah. It was bacon and peanut butter. And yes, and, and he does eat one. Yeah, yeah, he eats one in the, in the movie for sure. Uh, that's, it, it looks great. It looks fantastic. There's a lot of, there's a lot of eating in bed in that, in that movie. And uh, I'm not a fan of eating in bed, man. No? And like, there's Elvis, this thick bacon and peanut butter and banana sandwich and i'm like you you're just you're getting grease everywhere elvis like this is your bed dude (laughs) come on Uh, elvis throw out the sheets and buy new ones because he doesn't nothing matters i'm elvis that's true that's what made him the king is that he he could get over such thing also making grease because he's like so pilled out throughout the whole movie too like there's a lot of like elvis waking up at four o'clock in the afternoon like it's wild shit um (laughs) but it's also one of the absolute best movies of the year. Yep. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but that is going to do it, folks, uh, for the vast majority of our uh, New York Film Festival coverage. Uh, the next episode of On Screen Live will be back Monday, noon Eastern, our regularly scheduled time, uh, hopefully with some thoughts on Ferrari. It's an early morning screening, so uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but looking forward to hopefully covering it. Uh, but as it is Wednesday, the week here is already underway. Uh, on Tuesday, we were celebrating, fellas, because we hit another milestone. Episode mm. 700. We were talking Sorry. about Bushwhacked. 700. I never thought we'd see the day. Thank you to everyone watching this yes. stream, listening, downloading yeah. this podcast. It's really incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we talked about that sucker. And also, uh, last week, if you missed it, you want to catch up on Once in a Lifetime, Killer Under the Bed, the scary killer doll movie uh, with an even scarier Christy Swanson starring in it. Ha- having recently rewatched the original Puppet Master, 
This oh, did you actually really? might be better than that movie. That movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> Dude, those uh, movies are bad. I uh, the first it. one, I'm just shocked that how little of it has to do with the puppets. It's almost nothing <laughs> to do with the puppets. It's called you gotta Puppet really Master. Care. You got to care about the the titular master of those puppets, dude. Yes. You got to care about the guy that's like making those puppets and that's whatever. I don't have time for that. I this really don't. Doll Man is the superior picture. Yeah, I've been saying is. it. I yes. think many people are saying it. <laughs> Stuart Gordon's uh, all the king of them all, I would say. Oh, love, that's a that's I a freaky that movie. That one. That one actually kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Um, oh, so anyway, speaking of getting freaked out tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. That means we love movies dropping on the Patreon all about the good Exorcist movie, the great yeah. Exorcist. The movie, first the one, original. the only one that should have been made, in my opinion. I that's know it's right. pretty good, too, but that should that should have just been a movie called Legion. And that's the end yes. of it. Yes. Drop yes. the Exorcist shit from fine. us. That'd be absolutely um, fine. So that's coming out. That was a lot of fun. That's a big boy. That's uh, yeah. that one goes longer than the movie by about 15 minutes or so, I think. Um, but that's out tomorrow uh, on patreon.com slash we movies. And then Friday, we're closing out the week with some more Halloween fun on animation. Damnation. We're finally getting around to South Park talking about corns, groovy pirate ghost, uh, whatever the fuck, whatever that episode it's I got most of it. Spectacular special. I don't remember, but corn comes to South Park to play a show on Halloween. We're digging up Kyle's oh, grandmother. Yeah. Uh, Kenny as uh, Ed 209, as you can see here in the mm-hmm. picture, which I love. You know, we just had to do the corn episode because yeah. we're such huge fans. And if you're new to the show, we also did a corn cast where we reviewed track yes. by track of follow the leader. And that is somewhere on the $8 level uh, on, on Patreon. And we, I feel like we got to keep saying it to sort of like get it, you know, into existence, like will it to be right? 2024. Oh, we doing are it. doing the Limbiz cast. Yes. If the long start, promised follow up. If people start getting into that corn cast again, telling all their friends about it, then yes, yeah, Limbiz right. cat will biz cat biz cast. Yes. Biz cast. Reality. <laughs> we're, we're doing that because we can't figure out how to do it with a significant other, which will be the record. We it are will doing. be the record. And you right. know what I found on my computer? I What's already that? Know, I, I, in in <laughs> in the corn cast, I made a mashup uh-huh. of the corn. Li- mm-hmm. Vocals over our Shit. theme. Yes, I found I had done one for uh, for Limp Biscuit. Yes, from Significant Other. So good. good. Oh, there you go, dude. I'm did, did the work that. already? You already got the work done. Isn't that nice? You see something like, yeah. oh, me from years ago helped me from maybe if we do this. Oh, thank That's you, right. Pat. Me. <laughs> uh, speaking of thank yous, by the way, I forgot to uh, just say hi to our folks at home. But of course, uh, Bjornar Brummelbass, uh, Matt Klaus, thanks for tuning in. Tio Batio, Busiris, our buddy Busiris, Terrence Wiggins, Nick B, Greg Bufato, thanks for tuning in this evening. Um, but we're going to take off. That is it. Remember, on screen live, back to its regularly scheduled time Monday. Uh, noon Eastern. I don't know what we'll be talking about. We'll have to find some stuff. Maybe you know Fair what? Maybe it's, it's been a while. We've done a secret movie, Eric. Find some oh, dog shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, right. so we'll have Plenty to see. There. <laughs> oh, there certainly is, Chris Cabin. Uh, but until then, folks, thanks for tuning in. Have a good night. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. I've been Andrew Jupin, uh, Eric Siska, Chris Cabin. Take it easy, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>